You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you've obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. What's going on, sports fans? Can you believe it? Look who is next to us. The Podfather now, I will refer to him as. Greg Coyle. He hasn't been getting a lot of sleep. He's been uh, doing middle-of-the-night feedings and toiling over the numbers <laughs> for this week's <laughs> championship games. Over-under on the number of diapers you've changed so far uh, was set at four. Four, four was the over-under. Wow. Yeah, we're way, way over. Uh, way, way over. over. Uh, you know, I like, I like to hear that you're pulling some weight over there. How is fatherhood treating you so far? Good. I, I said I'm going to uh, develop a swaddling team uh, of master swaddlers uh, to be aired on ESPN 8 The Ocho. Uh, <laughs> maybe not maybe not this coming spring, but the following. Listen, anybody who has uh, worked in a Mexican restaurant and has some burrito wrapping skills, uh, sign that guy up for the swaddling masters because it's they, essentially they, they, the same thing. <laughs> They say you just can't wrap them too tight, though. It's got to be tight, but not too tight. That's, <laughs> of course, just like the burrito, man. It's the same thing. Right? It's got to be just right. I love it. Well, you um, know, it's, it's been great. It was uh, a, a much-needed hiatus, right? One-week hiatus. Uh, but good to be back. I'm very thankful uh, to the new mama over there for, for sharing you with us for a little while here today. Um, so with, with that, we need to be considerate of, of her time. And so we will get right to it. We've got just two games this week, Greg. That's it. We're down to the final four. Tom Brady wearing Cinderella's slipper here as the only underdog to be in this final round of four. We've got chalk otherwise. So what are your thoughts on the Bucks and their performance coming off that win against uh, New Orleans, which I know you got to got to peek in on at least. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go go figure. I'm always really smitten on Tom Brady and he really snake bit me uh, last week there. All those all those turnovers. It wasn't so much Tom snake biting me as the, them just giving that game away. Uh, but, you know, you know me, I'm always goo-goo over some Tom Brady, but, you know, I'm, I've been off of him this year, and he's, he's hurt me a little bit. But, yeah, we, we move on. So what do you like? What do you think? We've got him going up against Aaron Rodgers, obviously. You know, we say that because the quarterback matchup, they're not playing each other, though. It's that offense of the Buccaneers, which will be without Antonio Brown for this one. Not that he's contributed all that much to this offense, uh, going up against that defense, which looked pretty good um, for the Packers and, and has looked pretty good as of late, but they haven't faced this level of competition from the offensive side of the ball. Uh, right now, the Packers are three and a half point favorites in this one. Lined open, I believe, at four, went down to three for a second. We're settling in here at three and a half. What, what's your gut say? Um, gut for the most part is Packers have been pretty good front runners. Um, and I do like, you know, just that, that team in general, I think we were talking beforehand and even in a couple of the games that I took them, they're just so efficient. 
um, on offense. And really, their negatives have been in the second half. We're really just letting teams back in it, right, instead of them winning games. And I think last week was another one. It was like, hey, are they going to win by 14 here, or are they going to let up a garbage-time touchdown because nobody cares? Uh, and that game's going to finish, you know, in a push-type situation. Um, you know, they ended up holding on, but Rodgers looks so good. And I think just the effortless nature in which he's doing it is really what's encouraging um, to me, especially if you play the first half, you go minus two and a half. And if the Packers get the ball, that'd be a lovely situation, right? So um, from that side of things, my my instincts are saying let's let's run the first half minus two and a half it was three earlier on for the game um earlier on today and now it's spiked up to to three and a half like that can't be because of antonio brown could it be like is is that the reason for the move or is is money pushing that the other way i mean i wouldn't move a line a half point for antonio brown this season at the least the way he's he's been playing um but when you think about the depth of the secondary you know sometimes it's so funny in the playoffs the way one guy kind of has an impact on the game i looked at what cameron Brait did he had a solid game uh against the saints which was you know obviously a little bit uh unexpected there given all the stars that that they have and obviously Rob Gronkowski in that relationship but it was it was very interesting to see the way that the guys stand out and um, when you look at the Packers secondary I mean they are top heavy right um, I think they have the number one ranked cornerback according to uh, DVOA um, on their team after that there's a little bit of a fall off there and their linebackers aren't great in coverage so you'll look for those tight ends to be uh, a, a big impact as well as they're in Green Bay but the one thing Greg that always you know, I mean, no fans. We know that. Well, limited fans, I guess. But Lambeau Field, 20 degrees at kickoff, man. I, I think about some of these games that we've seen there. I think back to the Brett Favre days, uh, you know, where where you just it, you see all of the smoke. I think of Madden coming out of the players' mouths. I love that. When the offensive and defensive <laughs> lines are lined up against each other. I think it, it it's not the best thing given the pandemic world that we're living in to actually see that breath going back and forth across the line of scrimmage. But man, there is something about playing on the frozen tundra up there. Uh, and if you haven't been, I, I say for all football fans, that is like a, a mecca that you got to check out. It is it is awe-inspiring um, just to go to Lambeau Field. Like a, a Wrigley Field type of situation, right? Ab- yeah, absolutely. I mean, anyway. there, there are certain ballparks that just exude that history i mean it's like it's like going to italy and looking at the art you know over there going into the sistine chapel or going into the pantheon or the parthenon and all of those buildings over there i mean it takes your breath away and you just feel like you're in the presence of of greatness one of the greatest places that that can that you can be in for the sport of football and and it's so crazy because that is just dropped down it looks like an alien spaceship came and put a football stadium right in the middle of a residential neighborhood and everybody was like this is awesome let's go uh we now worship the cheesehead so uh it's something awesome over there and and rogers has said it right he said even if they weren't going to be even if there weren't going to be fans getting that home field advantage was still important to them and i don't think it could have played out any better than facing the tampa bay buccaneers going from the warmest climate pretty much that you could be going into 20 degrees um i've seen a couple times where 
it just doesn't feel like guys are raising their arms as as well for some of these passes. It takes them an extra split second to extend for some of these balls when it's cold out there, and I, I you know it makes the difference in a in a big play or two. Um, but when it comes to the actual numbers of this game, right? We have seen this Tom Brady offense been click it's been clicking on all cylinders. They've been averaging better than 36 points a game I think the last couple of weeks they did it again um putting up some big numbers against the Saints, a team that beat them twice uh during the regular season. But the big difference in that game was the turnovers for me. And I look at it and I don't see any way that Aaron Rodgers is one turning the ball over and two not pushing it downfield. Clearly, Drew Brees wasn't able to extend the field on this one. He, he when they wanted to throw deep, they brought in Jameis Winston. That's not going to be the case with Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's going to be able to uh, exploit this defense a little bit more uh, than that limited Saints offense was, um, obviously against the Buccaneers. So, what do you think the Three and a half. Which way are you leaning on this one? Uh, would definitely, would definitely. If you're going with the game, I'd buy it down to three. Uh, definitely on the Packers, right? So, I mean, that that weather is a big deal. I was just when you were talking, looking it up. So now it's up to about seventy percent chance of snow. Mm. By the way, uh, for for Sunday, um, and then the the second thing is the, that's kind of funny is it's it's seventy seventy five. Uh, down in Tampa right now, right? So they're gonna they're gonna go from that area and then that Saints game, right? That was in a dome, right? Um, you're talking to, that's fifty degrees, um, fifty degrees more. It's more yeah. than fifty degrees you're looking at. Yeah, which which Brady's gonna be used to, you know? And I think that's the most important thing, right? Like, hey, is your quarterback used to it, right? Um, but he was used to that in a home environment, right? So it's it's not Gillette, right? It's not going to be you know, playing a home game with the rest of your guys who are seasoned and used to playing those games. So kind of a lack of that pressure cooker type of situation, a lack of cold experience. I think it's Green Bay or pass, right? That's that's kind of my my take for it. And because Green Bay is such a, a hard charging first half team. I, that's why I'm going with the the first half two and a half. The three and a half doesn't really scare me away, um, so that's that's just what I would do. You know, I look at this one, and I one thing that's interesting to me is obviously these two team these two teams played earlier this season. Green Bay jumped out to a ten point lead in that game, uh, and then I believe Aaron Rodgers threw a pick six in that one, and yep. then they started to turn the ball over. Uh, the Green Bay Packers did. And Tampa Bay, I think, ended up running away with that one. I don't think the Packers scored another point in that game. 38-10. Was that the final in that one, Greg? Do you know? I just just checked it out. 38-10, right? Yeah, the the 38-yard pick six. And then just teams seemed disinterested thereafter. Like, it was really really odd. You wouldn't expect a bunch of, you know, a veteran team like that to play dead after that because they were still up at that point. But it was that swung hard yeah and so look I, I look at it and and you think that Tampa Bay is a, is a blitzing defense I guess is their reputation but they haven't blitzed nearly as much the second half of the season they have been uh you know I, I give credit to um oh and uh, Todd Bowles down there and what he's been able to do with that defense because I do don't think they get 
enough of the credit for how well that they have played this season. Obviously, um, you know, number one against the run um, and near the top of the league over there. And that's despite playing this those, those those Saints games where they did get blown out. So I think that's really interesting when you look at that. But I, I also don't think that Green Bay's defense gets enough credit, man. Those Smith brothers are able to put pressure on the quarterback. And when they had to have it against the Rams last week, they shut it down, right? They absolutely shut the Rams down. They sacked golf, I think, two or three times on that drive. And and I think in this game, that's what it comes down to. It's, it's one of those situations where are you going to make that play on the drive that you need to? And I think in this case, in Green Bay, with Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, all the things. You said it. Brady didn't really beat the Saints, and when you watch that game, he didn't make he didn't make any unbelievable throws. That Scotty Scotty Miller came up big on a couple of those uh, catches for him there. I know you're a big Scotty Miller fan, <laughs> um, so he's a spunky guy. Yeah, you know, you got and and he made those plays when they needed him. Um, and he's obviously going to be, a, I think, a little bit more of the offense. And I look for him, them to try to get him the ball because with no Antonio Brown, I think he'll be on the field a lot more. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens in this one. But I am with you. I I think that Green Bay is the play. I, I know that three and a half number of people are a little bit afraid, uh, but God, they have been so efficient, so efficient on offense. Uh, and I think they are so balanced between the run and the pass that I think that's going to be the difference in this one. Um, I, I don't think that the when you look at the offenses that Tampa Bay has played, I think they have been limited uh, so far these these playoffs. Whether you're talking about Washington or you're talking about a banged up clearly Drew Brees who hasn't been the same quarterback, you know, and is now going to retire. <clears throat> I think. Excuse me. Um, Ultimately, that's the difference in this one, is you're facing Aaron Rodgers, and they have had the running game and the passing game going, uh, and and Devontae Adams looks like he can get open on, on anybody anytime he wants, and, and I love that. One thing I noticed about that, so I actually had a prop bet. Uh, I, I thought that with Jalen Ramsey, they were going to try and take away Devontae Adams in that game, uh, and they did, and I, I was going back and forth, actually, between should I take the under in yards or should I take the under in catches, and and they were both like right around his um, season average. Six and a half catches, I think, was the number. Some uh, had seven out there. They got the Packers made it a point to get him the ball any way they could. And they were flinging it to him out of the backfield. They were getting him in short passes. They did stretch the field. They made sure the ball ended up in his hands, which I thought was a great play uh, on the part of Green Bay and that coaching staff there. Uh, just because he's one of your best players, you need to get the ball in his hands. He ended up finishing under in the total number of yards over in catches. But I just like the effort to get that get the ball in his hands because then it gets more attention when he is going out and running those routes. Go ahead. So you referenced that. And I think I can't tell if it was live or not live reality and, and non-reality is a little, a little off right now, but I uh, can't tell if time is going slow or fast, but you're, you're indicating something that really irked me. And you said that uh, Sean Payton, right? Because we were talking about Sean Payton in the playoffs and totally ignoring his track record in that. Why in the world is a Ty Montgomery running the ball when you've got Alvin Kamara, right? So, like, I'm just sitting there cursing the screen while watching that game. Like, get the ball to your players. And I think the point that you're making, because Michael Thomas didn't get involved in the offense either, is, yeah, you get your best player involved in the game, and that's good coaching versus poor coaching where you know that they're going to scheme to take your guy away, 
Right. So you get a scheme to get your guy the ball regardless, right? right? So if it's bubble screen, end around, whatever you got to do, you know, don't let them dictate, right? Just keep feeding it. Yep. So uh, I, I, I like that. I think that's, you know, young coach doing a good job of saying, hey, we're we're going to go to this guy, right? They know that we're going to go to this guy and we're still going to beat him. So looking at this game right now, the total is uh, over under 51 and a half. Man, I was bit, last week I was three and one picking teams. I was one and three picking totals. So uh, finished 500. I made it mandatory to pick both uh, last week because I knew we had to get some action in with only four games on the slate. This week in this game, I, I like the under. I like the under again in this game, 51 and a half. Um, man, it's, it's a lot of points. I think that both of these defenses are good enough. Um, and I think that even if Green Green Bay, I think, is the offense that you have to worry about putting up more points because they're obviously just, I mean, more efficient in, in everything that they've done. And they're, they've got the, uh, I mean, they're the favorites, right? They're supposed to put up more points. I think that their defense is going to be able to limit Tom Brady. I don't think they can put up enough points, Green Bay can, uh, to hit this this high number, and and I also see a situation where you know they're just out to win this game, um, and and that's the most important thing to them. Um, I I really think they can salt it away with their running game if it comes down to it, uh, and for that reason, you know, I I think fifty one is just too many points. Shoot, maybe it comes out on the number 20, 27, 24 the final score. I'll take the hook going under fifty one and a half. Yeah, I got no take on the over-under, um, but uh, I guess the implied team totals are, what, 27, 24? 27, 27 and a half, half to 24, yeah. Um, it, it, do you see any value? Because you, you were mentioning props, right, on the team to score first. You got to lay 145 to pick Green Bay in that circumstance, right? So um that might be something else that i look at right and and quite frankly right if you're talking about it and you think that green bay is going to be the front runner there and you're concerned about um well yeah you're you're thinking the under team totals right so why not go like tampa team total under if you think that that's the uh the value there i do like you that know, what's that look yeah, up so that num- look up that number for me what's um, I, I don't have it right now. I, I just did the, the math as far as what it should be. Yeah. Right? So just say you get it, you know, sub 24. Or, I'm sorry, say, say you get a 24 and a half. Right. right? You got to jump on that. Well, there's no – I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see a way you're getting it at 24 and a half. Um, yeah, but even 24 is a key number. That's a nice number that you would want to play on. I, I actually love that. And again, the cold, you know, I think that's going to play a big role. I think that's going to play a big role in a game like this. All right, let's go now to the AFC here where we've got Chalk. The Buffalo Bills winning an absolute defensive slobber knocker. I don't know if you can call it that because the wind was just blowing the ball all around over there. I think they had, what, four missed field goals in that game? Um, were you were you aware of this wind before, uh, no. before handicapping? No, I wasn't aware of the wind on the Thursday or, you know, when I picked the game uh, that that was going to be a possibility you're, you're, there. Your your weather guy wasn't on. Uh, it's 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 a shame. Um, it was not, uh, and, and I will tell you that that definitely impacted my uh, my choices in the 
Chiefs game the next day because they were getting some wind over there in Kansas City. Those those uh, flags at the top of the goalpost didn't seem to be moving at all. But when I was looking up the forecast, they were talking about 15 mile per hour winds. And uh, yeah, so I'm not I'm not too big a fan right now of the weather gods, if you will, um, or the meteorologists <laughs> that are out there. But this one is interesting. Go ahead. Love Al Michaels' definition of the flags are starch. Yes, that's just that's just gold. Oh, just gold. He has a, he has a way with words. He's mm-hmm. it's no double doink, but uh, no. But then again, what is? So anyway, this week we got the Chiefs as three point favorites against the Buffalo Bills. These two teams met earlier this year. Game was very interesting. Went way under the total that they were looking at. Um, I think in that game, Buffalo was coming off some really difficult scheduling um, because they had had their game moved with, I believe it was Tennessee, and so they were in a really bad spot um, when it came to scheduling against the Chiefs, and and I honestly, it showed in that one. Um, the Chiefs here, man, first of all, I got to say Andy Reid has the biggest stones of any coach I've ever seen in the NFL on fourth and one with Chad Henney at quarterback. He's choosing to throw the ball to ice the game. And and all you can do is say hats off to him on that yeah. one. Cuckoo kachoo. That's what I say to that. <laughs> <laughs> to Andy Reid. Which which by the way, love love it. Right? You know, play play to get the win. Don't don't even screw around, right? Right. But uh, yeah, some stones there with the backup quarterback there. That's that's pretty pretty wild stuff. And Chad, they Henney's... just run the same damn play over and over again. They're just going back and they're like, yeah, yeah, this they they've iced like four games this way. Yep. And Chad Henney uh, running for about you know twenty yards, just for, coming up just short of the first down to even give them a shot to go for it. There, definitely was impressive. <laughs> Um, you know, that offense looked like it was absolutely clicking. I think they scored on four consecutive drives uh, in the first half with Mahomes at QB. They didn't punt, but they didn't punch it into the end zone. And I want to know how concerning for you is that, especially when now you're going up against a Bills team, um, that let's not forget that game we had Jarvis Landry, was it Jarvis Landry or Donovan Peoples-Jones, I forget, who was going in for the touchdown, gets hit, fumbled out of the back of the end zone, which is one of those situations where it becomes a touchback. You know, that game was could have been a lot different um, going in there. And then all of a sudden, they're playing for their, you know, their playoff lives. As it is, it was a one-possession game. So I'm curious, what's your takeaway from that game overall, uh, just looking at the Chiefs? 19 to 6 instead of 16 to, to 13, right? Uh, which, by the way, my take on that is that is the worst rule. Maybe not the worst rule in football because I'm not thinking about it, but I legitimately brought that up the night before. I was sitting there with, with Chris's dad um, the night before talking about how I really hate the punishment doesn't seem to fit the crime, right? Where right. everywhere else you fumble the ball, it goes out of bounds. You just get the, you know, you get the ball out of bounds. You can't advance it or whatever. Here, you lose the possession, and then it happens the next game that we watch. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, it just, it happened. We were just talking about it, and it happened. So, you're right though. Like they, they even mounted the comeback there, even despite that play. Uh, that was an unfortunate play. It was a fun game to watch. Um, but 
Kansas City, they've had they've won the games, right? Fourteen to two, right? Like so, you you really can't poke holes because uh, just like the opener, right? It doesn't really matter. They don't. They're not aligned with our you know against the spread bets or anything like. Why that. the heck not? Yeah, <laughs> I hate I hate when I'm misaligned and I know I'm misaligned. I'm like, hmm, they could really get it, go for two here and get me out of this push. Well, right? well, you know what I said? Wait, wait, wait! I said that during the uh, Tampa Bay and the Saints game because Tampa Bay uh, had the ball down there and they were up three. And yeah, I wanted them to score a touchdown. And my wife is like, why are you rooting for them to score a touchdown? And I said, because if they're down 10, then we're both playing for overtime and our goals are aligned. It's all about having your goals aligned with the Saints. Otherwise, they get a touchdown, they win by a point. That doesn't help me. <laughs> why do you want the team that you've selected to go by down e- even more? Like, yeah. oh, they got to they gotta play with their hair on fire. It's advanced um, math. But- it's, it's advanced football gambling math. <laughs> Yeah. So, and and just go, like the way I think of it is, I think the that foot injury there, like we don't know how bad that foot injury was, but you could tell it was really bothering Mahomes um, throughout the game. Yep. Anyway, right. So you got the foot injury, you got the concussion, right? To me, I I just feel like Buffalo's been playing like the best team in football for the past ten weeks, and I'm not saying that. Kansas City's not fantastic, right? But, like, let's just say Patrick Mahomes is a little off because of his foot or his head or a combination of both. Then I've got the best team in football that's been playing like the best team in football. Uh, Granted, going on the road, they didn't seem to be – it was 16-degree winds, and it's supposed to be high winds, by the way, for this game as well. Um, Just as a little bit heads up, that's why I thought the – 15 plays in they hadn't called a run right like the bills hadn't called a run with all that wind i was i was blown away oh i see what you did there Ah, (laughs) that was was by mistake delirium uh just by chance there but um i i couldn't believe it and i was immediately saying i don't want this guy as the uh head coach in philly because quite frankly i'm losing my mind with them not running the ball anyway and then they're showing you know this guy hasn't even run the ball yet it's 15 plays in like right and that's the script i guess so um so i'm not super concerned about the um about the wind as far as Buffalo because they just played in the wind, right? But, so, but doesn't that? But does, it's got to concern you a little bit because they weren't able to push the ball down the field. Let's be honest. I mean, they they won what seventeen three was the final score, but they scored ten points, right? Because that pick right. six from their own goal line um, as as uh, uh, the Ravens were going in there. Um, Interestingly enough, I think that was the first red zone interception of Lamar Jackson's career, which was kind of sh- shocking to me. But anyway, so so uh, they only put up effectively ten points, and I, you know, the whole team has to be uh, in on on the game plan. But that's going to uh, affect. Here's my question for you: If that's the case, right? Let's say we have the same win conditions. Who does that impact more in the Buffalo Baltimore game first? Who does that benefit more? The win, ben- yeah. you should have benefited Baltimore. Right. And because they were a running team. Right. So even if it did benefit them, they were able to overcome it, right? Their defense able to come. So yep. now you're looking at Kansas City. In Kansas City and Buffalo, if it's a win game, who does that benefit more? 
it's more of a toss-up. Right. Um, I would say kind of toss-up. I, I think that it's not, you know, neither of these teams are poised to go off the run first um, and build off that. And I honestly right. think that it hurts Kansas City more because Tariq Hill becomes less of a deep threat. And when you look at the receivers that they have in Buffalo, um, you know, I, I Stephon Diggs runs all the routes, right? The biggest threat for Tariq Hill, if I don't have to worry about him as much going deep because Augusta Wind's going to blow the ball one way or the other, then maybe it's a little bit, you know, they miss one throw. It's either short or long because the wind is taking it. And I saw a couple of throws that were overthrown or underthrown because of that wind, and I mean in, in Buffalo. I think that could play itself out this week as well. Yeah, those throws they they were panning to on the right hand side that it was like they had dudes wide open and yep. both Allen and Lamar missed them. They missed them big. Yeah, um, I feel for, bad for, for Justin no Tucker. Reason. Justin Tucker missed two field goals yeah. in there. Oh, off the post, I think, right? Yeah, don't don't feel bad for him. He's, yeah, he's a quality kicker. He'll, and, he'll be fine. And a fantastic uh, opera singer. So, <laughs> so the. So all of the things that you're mentioning to me, I'm looking at the under um, in the in this game. Um, so that's you know to me, I think they're both effective. They both can't do what they want to do at the highest level. And quite frankly, I think Buffalo is playing playing much better defense um, than than they were earlier on in the year. So um, they were they're flying around. Um, so. You know, you you actually have an actual quarterback that you're playing against. That's right. I'm not calling Lamar Jackson an actual quarterback. He's a running back that throws. Uh, so you're gonna you're gonna have you know somebody you actually have to respect and defend against the path pass. So that's difficult. But I like the under. I, I'd go under that. 54 is way too high to me. I, I agree. I think that that's a, a crazy price right now in a, in a championship game, um, especially, again, I, I want to put the caveat there, especially if the wind conditions are what they're expected to be right now. Um, because if it is hitting 20 miles per hour, you know, everything changes. Um, that being said, I, I think this matchup is, is going to be very interesting. And you pointed out the key point is how healthy is Patrick Mahomes. We know he cleared concussion protocol. Um it's going to be very interesting to see if he is able to go at 100% because I think they're going to bring pressure on him uh, if if he can't move because you every time he took off, he looked like he was hobbling out there. He had quite a gait, uh, and that was before he got hit and, and got concussed. So uh, I'm with you on that. I think the uh, – so with that too, you might want to look at the under, if it's very windy, under longest pass completion for both of these quarterbacks. That, I think, is a nice prop bet to, to check out. Also, you might want to look at those field goal stats on under longest field goal made, which is probably around 45 and a half, 46, something like that. Um, and uh, maybe t- total field goals, three and a half. If the hmm. wind is doing that. I see you pondering that as you're... Uh, yeah, I'm looking. My, my stuff won't come up until closer to Sunday. I, that's just something about my my props will come up more game day. Um, but even like maybe even under if if it's not the quantity of the field goals, maybe the longest field goal. Right. That's what I was, that's what I led with. Yeah, forty. It'll be probably forty five, yep. forty six, some somewhere in there. Oh right. Okay. My bad. I missed that. Um, I just heard the the second one. Yeah. So the. 
Those are good. Um, I, I definitely think those are something to look into because um, the kicking game was certainly we we have Justin Tucker getting affected by by the conditions, but I, I think you got to wait until Sunday morning to get a better idea of what the actual conditions are. Right. Just like if it's snowing, right? Uh, you know, I can't help but think, right? If it's actually snowing up in in Green Bay again. Remember that Tennessee game, right? Nobody was really playing. Oh, yeah. Tennessee was, Tennessee was playing pretty darn good. And what was it, the cleats? Yep. They couldn't get the right cleats, and they couldn't get the right traction. So they just got smoked. Um, so so I think those are the two things to look for. If, you get, if, you, if you're getting snow, then that's just compounding the issues that are already there for Tampa. And if the wind is getting up in the high teens, well, then you, you can really load up on the 54. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that. I like that a lot. One other thing, obviously, and this I probably will sprinkle on the Bills money line. By the way, so yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I'm going to go with the Bills on this one, uh, and and the main reason here, the Chiefs are one. What are they? One nine and one now In, against the spread. Against the spread, going back the last eleven weeks. The worst in there. They're still playing. They're still playing. But uh, I'm going to go. I'll take, the, I'll take the three points with the Bills. Um, ultimately, I think they, they win this one outright because Patrick Mahomes is not 100%. And I think that ultimately is the difference in the game. I remember when they beat Tennessee. Remember that run that Mahomes had? He's not going to be doing that this week. Right. In last, in last yeah. year's AFC Championship game. You wouldn't think so. No. That was... See, that that hit was funky too, right? It didn't it look. Looked, it looked bad in real time, but then when they replayed it, you were like, "Well, wait, what? What really happened there?" It looked like it kind of landed on the guy's hand, like yeah. it looked bad in real time, and then uh, it didn't look like a concussion. I could have seen another injury coming from that, like maybe like a tweaked knee or something, pinched nerve. But the it, it didn't look like it should have been a concussion hit. Um, and and that's the part. Mm-hmm. I actually wonder if he wasn't hit er, on an earlier play or something like that that didn't get attention, and then that's like the the second hit that caused the mm. effects. And by the way, I'm kudos to the NFL for not letting them c- come back in the game because oh oh ahead. the guy the 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 guy who couldn't get his wits about him that was all jelly legged on there like anyone could have officiated like that dude's out right but do you remember a couple years ago in the playoffs with cam newton when he was playing the saints and he got concussed and got up it made me think of the exact same thing got up almost the exact same way as patrick mahomes did needed to be helped up and cam newton came back in that game with the panthers and it's only a couple years ago that that happened and i was like this is Superman doesn't get concussions there, well, Joe. There you go. Or never mind. I was going to make another comment that was not appropriate. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, which, which, by the way, we needed to give you kudos on the uh, puffy vest there. Uh, the 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 Superman's red cape reminded me of of the vest. Man. Listen, strong strong vest game. I really enjoy it. This is this is uh, often referred to as the uh, Marty McFly Back to the Future vest. So uh, hopefully, I've already traveled ahead, seen the outcome of these games, uh, and I'm just exactly. telling you the results. 
<laughs> pulling a, a nice Biff Lohman here. Yes. I like it. I like it as well. Uh, go invest in Apple. Wait. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So to recap Man. one more time, because we got to let the Papa go, because uh, it's about to be his shift. We've got the Green Bay Packers. I'm rolling with the Packers. I'm going to lay the three and a half, uh, and I'm going to take the under 51 and a half. Greg, you like the Packers' first half? Is that the official one that you're going yep. with? Packers' first yep. half laying two and, two and a half. Uh, and the next game in the Bills in Kansas City, uh, I think we're both circling the wagons with the Buffalo Bills, taking the three points, and both like the under 54 in that one. Sound good? Dude, the yes, next sir. next time we do this, it's going to be we got to have a whole prop prop picks ready and laid out to go for the Super Bowl. Chris Portente has been doing this research for weeks on the Super Bowl prop picks. He loves the uh, over under on the national anthem. So we're going to run down some of the best props for the Super Bowl, uh, but we're not going to put the cart before the horse. Go ahead. And we we apologize, you know, we we were banging the under for the uh, national anthem for the inauguration on Wednesday this week. We apologize for not getting that out sooner but if there wasn't gambling on that there should have been i didn't actually do it but uh i'd like to to sprinkle some things on that so we'll we'll have some gatorade picks um coin toss all i'm gonna um, say is by next year gambling on elections uh i don't know if you know but our presidential election here in the united states was the highest wagered event of the century, I believe, so far in London. So people were placing massive bets. So uh, political gambling will be coming. It'll be here soon, definitely by the next presidential election. That's just fodder telling people they got to step it up for the Super Bowl. There you go. All right, everybody, I got to end this way because that's how we do it. For Greg Hoyle, I'm Joe Masiri. This week's edition of the Wingfoot Locks is in the books. Remember, everyone, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. Enjoy the championship weekend. We'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.